Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger's Syndrome, also called Autism Spectrum Disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Welcome to Aspieland. I'm your host, John Allen. And I'm Kathy, joining you once again. Yes, indeed. We're here to talk about the next segment of Navigating Neurodiverse Relationships. So this is number two. So we are going to go ahead and move forward. And I said to John, it's like we're chipping away at an iceberg right now. Yeah. We're sharing some difficulties and speed bumps and maybe rumble strips and... (laughs) Whatever they are. Going off the cliff in our learning to communicate with each other and giving each other some space to learn and grow and be more understanding. Yeah, yeah. This is a podcast for everyone. If you have Asperger's syndrome, what we now call autism spectrum disorder, or if you're neurotypical. If you have Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder, We want to help you understand the neurotypical world and all of the people that are around you in that world. If you're neurotypical, we'd like to help you understand how all this Asperger stuff works together. And we're also working on our relationships together by looking at life through each other's eyes. We want you to feel acceptance. Yes, indeed. That's exactly what we're trying to do. Doesn't matter where you come from or what your background is, everyone is accepted here. In our last podcast, we were talking about how the neurotypical partner ends up feeling like they have to carry the emotional weight and all the things that come into play with that. The burden that they feel like they're carrying trying to move the relationship along, get some feedback from their... Carrying all that emotional weight that goes with it. Yes. Yes, we were talking a lot about that. And this one, we're going to be talking a little bit more about creating safer spaces to communicate and all the pitfalls and speed bumps and all of that that kind of occur when you try to do that. Yes, And there's some ideas that we have, so we'll let you know all about those. But first, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. We've got lots of new listeners from all over the place, and I couldn't possibly go into all of them, but there are quite a few. And we want to thank everybody that's taking the time to listen. We appreciate emails and your encouragement and your responses and questions. And, and we're, yeah, and we're not afraid of questions. You you have a question? No, we, hit us with it. We'll we'll deal we with it as best we can. We may not have an answer, we, but that's true. But we may be able to help by discussing it in another podcast, or we may also be able to just recommend something. Say, well, go over here to this website or something like that to help you figure some things out. Right, because it's a journey we're all on. Absolutely, and it's to a journey. Understand yeah. each other and grow to know each other better. So, having said all of that, let's get back into Navigating the Neurotypical Relationship, Part 2. Another thing we were t- had been talking about back and forth is creating safe places to communicate. So, creating a safe place in knowing what we know 
if we're going to have a visit time, we're going to have to lower the stimulation of the room. Maybe lights. We have our <laughs> pretend fireplace on YouTube. <laughs> and just quiet. And I don't know if this works for you, but when we sit on the couch, you're not forced into eye contact. That's very true. And very true. Have you found that to be helpful? Yes, actually it is. And I'm I'm a bit surprised you mentioned that, but I think that's a very smart thing to think about because mm -hmm. eye contact is a big issue for us, as is all the distractions. So mm -hmm. uh, just having, instead of every light on in the room, just put one light on. Turn mm -hmm. your TV off if you can. Mm -hmm. We like to have this fake fireplace because it, <laughs> it, we're just, pretending. it looks relaxing. It is. And it is That's kind of why we use it. But Makes by removing happen. as many barriers mm -hmm. as there can be to clear communication, I think we find that it's a lot easier right. to talk about things. Yes. Especially emotional things. Yes. Now... One thing that's been very emotionally charged for both of us over the years has been like a discussion of finances, for example. That's been difficult mm -hmm. communication. Very. So we created a safe space to talk about it, and we actually just changed rooms. I think we were just at the dining room table. But we made it a point to create that, and that's another one of our safe areas, and I think that's what you were touching on before. Yeah, so it is. this is like a neutral zone because we needed focus and attention. If I'm just bop, 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 going around the kitchen doing something or running around the house or doing whatever, and I'm in motion and talking, that's not the time for a good communication about finances. About finances no. or any, yeah. No. Or just if I want to blah about yeah. the day. Also, that has given us an opportunity to build trust. And so you could feel safe in opening up. And I'm just going to say what made it difficult in the past is I'd bring up the past in the past. It had nothing to do with now. And even though the past does affect the present, if we approach it as teamwork and mm -hmm. not attacking, right. then... Right we're more open to being able to express how we feel or come up oh, with yeah. a plan. Absolutely. Because yeah. when you're defensive, everything, all thoughts, creativity just shut down. And that's on both sides. Yes, that, That's it is. on both Very sides. Much. So we want to work with each other. We want to move forward and with good planning, better discussion, working to each other's strengths. So me removing those defenses of ascribing bad motive to you to like, well, he just doesn't care, you know, or, you know, he doesn't care. He's not listening. But I'm ascribing bad motive to him where I'm giving myself way more grace in what I'm going through with communication. And I want to be able to listen to you better. And you're in turn learning to listen to me better. Yeah. And it creates, we keep saying the word space, but that's what you need where trust is being built and what this has done is turned a corner that's like oh he is able to open up and talk about how he's feeling i have to give that zone time where you're like it looks like you're checked out but you're processing and thinking yeah i'm processing everything out yes and if everybody could see my hands they would see that i was <laughs> my <laughs> we're twirling the hands around the head processing. She talks with her hands beautifully, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so 
what we realized in that is we were not giving each other enough time to be heard. And we realized we were better some months back doing talk evenings or giving ourselves talk time, I think. Uh, yeah, we were... and we scheduled that very carefully. Yeah, because that worked for us. Yeah, spontaneity yeah. wasn't a great thing. No, no. Regimen of that kind, like, yes. worked well for me, mm-hmm. being someone with Asperger's. Right. So that works really well because it's like, okay, on Friday nights... In the evening, we will have a talk time. Mm-hmm. Yes, without distractions. Yeah, with yeah. as few distractions, few distractions as we could possibly yes. attain. Exactly. And making as safe a space mm-hmm. to communicate to make us both comfortable enough that we aren't making suppositions about one another. Yes. We're relaxed. I can talk freely and I can feel safe. And that's why I call it safe space mm-hmm. because it makes me feel safe enough that Mm -hmm. I can go ahead and say what I need to say without worrying about being attacked, quote-unquote. Right, right, right. You're able to let the defenses down so you can actually get to where you can tell me how you feel and to feel safe with asking questions of each other. I like to ask lots of questions. Yes, you do. (laughs) I'm the question person. And that way, if something sounds like oh, you sounded like you were getting defensive in that situation, or were you feeling attacked? Because that's how it's sounding to me. Yeah, and when you ask that question, that makes me feel safer because I realize you're concerned about me, Mm -hmm. and you're not trying to just drive a point in my face. You're trying to help me so that you can understand me and so on. Yes, and I have found... Uh, a little uh, uh, fruit of this is that you're starting to notice and ask me deeper questions instead of, well, how was your day? Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's the thing about the <laughs> talk fine. time mm-hmm. that I wanted to mention was you can create this talk time, but it's not time for surface communication. It, I mean, you can start out talking about right. the neighbor's yes. dog okay. or <laughs> the guy next door or whatever, whatever or whatever. You can start out with that, but you need to move into things that are more personal. Yes. More things about your relationship. Because right. the whole idea is building that trust in one another mm-hmm. so that all the time we can feel that trust mm-hmm. and safety with each other. I am finding personally that it's spilling over into the other days, that the trust is there, so our communication is I get what more you relaxed. Because yes. we know, okay, he can talk to me tonight about the widgets at work and that he had yeah, the end right. to fix or do this or that. Because right. I know on Friday night, I'll be able to talk about how I feel and it'll be okay. He'll yeah. be listening and paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, to me, helpful. So in that place, we find that it's less confrontational. And that way we were facing each other at a safer distance, I felt like. And it wasn't one of those situations where we had to be staring each other down. Eye contact's important to me, but I'm allowing the grace for that to be okay when you can't do it. Yes, and I appreciate that so very much because eye contact disrupts my communication. Yes. You'd like to look at me because you want to be intense to make sure I get it. Yes you know, look at me kind of thing. Whereas if I look at you, I'm going to go, huh? 
because it's it, it wipes out because my arms it, well, it are waving and yeah, yeah i mean it wipes it out and i'd rather look at arms waving it's, <laughs> it's one of those things they're so much more exciting <clears throat> yeah but but also too sometimes i do need to get your attention because of a monologue factor yes, that's that very may true. happen and i might have to wave yes. you down some of us with asperger syndrome autism spectrum <laughs> disorder have this unique way of talking we have a hard time talking, but once you unlock the door, <laughs> everything comes spewing out, and you start to talk about everything. And well, it, it's it, okay. It's, no, it, it's, it's okay, okay to have okay to talk, but you gotta control your thoughts so you can bounce yeah. ideas back and forth. Right. Yeah. Rather than you listening to a monologue of right. me right. just telling you all about my life story, which you already know. <laughs> So maybe not today's life story, but yeah, right, 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 exactly. That's where a rabbit <laughs> chasing a, an unnecessary rabbit can happen. I think in the past I was trying to be more demanding of making you look at me while you were talking. Yes, and I would wave. I'd literally wave <laughs> and go, you know, point well, at you myself. You used to have the finger thing where yeah, you yeah. put your finger in front of my face and then move it yeah, by you. Right, yes. So I would look at you. Yes, but I do sometimes try to get you to look at me so you know that I need to say something too important. <laughs> yes, something yeah. important. Right, is about to be said. Yes, here. and I have to say that I do notice you are becoming more present to me and knowing when I've had feelings hurt or change, you seem to be becoming more aware with the way we're stumbling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way we're yeah. stumbling through this. Okay. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no I mean, no, literally that, stumbling there, I just said something that has become a communication issue and I'll go, well, not a problem. What's not a problem? Yeah. Sometimes I'll say that in response just to give a response. Yes. Like, and that's not a good or idea. Or another of your favorites it's, is, I'm not worried about it. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't I do say that worried. a lot. A lot. And I'm liking that a lot. It doesn't matter what you ask. Um, I'm yes. not worried about it. And right. I'm like, I'm not worried about it. I didn't and, think you were. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm trying to convey casual expression. I'm just trying to say that I'm not worried necessarily that, you know, war will break out or anything <laughs> like that. But the way I say it. Yes comes across to you like, I could care less. Yeah, it does. Yes, exactly. It does. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> I still need an answer. Okay, yeah. I don't care if you're worried. And then worried. You're, you're prodding me for an answer. Yes. And I'm like, I already answered. Yes. <laughs> and that's, and this is all part of that kind of neurotypical to Aspergerian language <laughs> issues that we, this that we carry. And you know, another area that can cause difficulty, by the way, is the use of humor and jokes, like the birthday card I got. <laughs> you got a birthday card that I thought was hilarious. And I thought it was good that the one card that I thought was funny, you go, I don't get it. What's the joke? And I had to really literally explain it to you, which then it kind of gets unfunny. But... <laughs> But it was just the thought that how you read those words, it took, it takes some nuancey things to be able to decipher a joke. Oh, yeah. And it was like... You know, yeah, I'm looking at the card going, okay. <laughs> I had no I don't idea. see what the inside of the card has to do with the outside. <laughs> you know how they write things and one and you yeah, unfold it and, and then, you look at it. But, and, and, it's, answer, and I'm looking yeah. at it going, I don't... Uh, and I had to put it down in front of in front of you and yeah. say, 
what does this mean? Yeah. And it was funny. <laughs> but and you were laughing. I did. Oh, I thought, that's, oh, that's a funny a really card. card. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell me what that means? <laughs> and then you tell me, and I'm like, I still don't quite get it. Yeah. It's, and by that time, it's lost us. Right. It's, it's lost, lost on both everything. of us. Yeah, so, it's yeah. not funny anymore. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting because that... That yeah. shows how the Asperger mind works. Right. And you joke and do f- say funny things, but you don't tell jokes. You don't no, do no, that. I don't. And so the the psychology or the whatever behind joke yes. that's off a little bit. Yes, yes. It's just another piece of the Asperger syndrome puzzle. <laughs> okay, we've thrown a lot of information out yep. and a lot of suggestions. And, well, frankly, we're running out of time of this episode to be able to um, give you all of it. Because, to be honest, there is no all of it. You're constantly learning. You're Mm -hmm. constantly growing. You're constantly making adaptations and changes to help the relationship move along, which is what this series is all about. Mm -hmm. Next time we get together, we're going to do part three of this series, and we're going to be recommending some materials materials for you and some resources and some ideas that we've gleaned from them that we have found helpful yes in the meantime please visit the website there's a whole lot of really good stuff there we've redesigned it and improved it a little bit and hope you can get to the subscription page please subscribe to the podcast via the website not on your podcast provider but on your podcast provider we do Rate and review. That's it. We do the rate and review. That helps a lot of people who are just cruising the web to find this podcast and maybe get some help along the way while they uh, while they listen. So with all of that, we'd like to thank you once again for listening to the program. Please listen in again. Yes, and we're very honored that you spend your time with us because we know time is precious. That is very true. I think we've said about all of it, so we're going to have to say goodbye, and we'll be back next time. Or we'll talk to you, or you'll hear us. (laughs) (laughs) Right, next time on Aspie Land. Thanks for listening to the Aspie Land podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not, because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.